We're going to go through the entire uh, mindfulness discourse uh, that's in the Pali Canon. The, all the teachings of mindfulness are in the oldest recorded uh, Buddhist text called the Satipatthana, which is the teachings and the four foundations of mindfulness. And so actually each day, we're actually over the course of the week, we're going to go through all the four foundations of mindfulness. We're going to go through the whole Satipatthana and really quite literally and quite practically uh, doing all of the instructions that are laid out. So this is a very ancient, very old way to practice. It's also taught and understood that the Satipatthana and the four foundations of mindfulness is the practice. Uh, it's called the direct path of liberation. And it's really taught as the direct path that we cultivate, the awareness that we cultivate to overcome sorrow and grief and lamentation and despair and suffering. And So it's not taken lightly as a practice to establish. And so the, the sutta, or the teaching on mindfulness, begins very simply by uh, the Buddha inviting us to come to finding a place that's conducive to practice. He says, go to the root of a tree or an empty hut. In our case, we have found the conducive place of the empty hut. And so we uh, have created a very conducive container here for the week that's going to be very supportive for the kind of practice that we're doing. And then he asks us to establish a, a posture, a sitting posture. Uh, so the practices that we'll be doing here in the hall will be formal sitting practices. And I want to say a few words about posture because I think it's important that we treat the body with some kindness. If you're not used to sitting cross-legged on a cushion or a little block, your body's probably going to become unhappy at some point, probably sooner than later. So again, I really want to encourage you to, there are some chairs, I had them bring some chairs down. Um, as we go through the days, if you feel like, okay, I'm sitting on the floors too much, you might want to try using a stool or a chair for some of the sessions. Um, you also might want to go up against the wall if you like to have some support for your back. It's also totally appropriate to stand up in the hall during meditation. If you're tired or in pain, you can simply just stand up right where you are and you can do the practices standing up. And regardless of what you do, you're going to probably have some discomfort along the way and that's just going to be how it is. So part of the practice is actually changing our relationship to the discomfort. And you'll find your way with it. But trust, trust your body. Trust that your body knows what it needs and be friendly and gentle and kind to your body. Um, and if you're in a lot of really very difficult physical pain, that's okay to adjust. You don't have to sit like a statue the whole time. You can move a little bit if you need to adjust your posture. I'm very, I have a very liberal attitude about posture. So I really encourage you to be gentle and compassionate with yourself as you move through the practices and do what you need to do to uh, take care of your body. So once the posture is established, sitting meditation, we take the form. The next instruction is to focus the attention. 
And to some degree, one could argue that the, uh, the mechanism, the psychological mechanism that we're training here this week, and really one of the most important uh, tools the mind has, is attention. Just your ability to pay attention has uh, really uh, very far-reaching consequences on our, on our inner life, on our emotional life, and our sense of well-being. So what you pay attention to matters. And you'll notice, and if you haven't already, you'll notice in the days to come that your attention is going to be very much preoccupied with <coughs> distraction and thinking. And so we didn't come here to think. We probably came here to kind of get a better, better handle on all of that. The suffering of the thinking mind the thoughts that we have about the world, the thoughts we have about ourselves, the planning, the memories, the regrets, the anger, the frustration, the irritation, the fantasy, all of that. Um, we're going to, for the first couple of days, we're going to really try to take a break from that. And this, of course, is very much where the rubber hits the road with practice because You've been thinking your whole life and you've been probably to some degree distracting yourself from your direct experience your whole life that your attention is going to have a lot of momentum and it's going to wander into mind. It's going to wander into mind. But we also want to acknowledge that what the Buddha is teaching here with attention is attention is present in every moment of awareness. You could never have a moment of experience where there's no attention it's completely reliable. It's there for you. So what we're going to do is essentially learn how to access attention and be able to place it on objects that are um, rooted in present time experience. And so today we're going to dedicate the, this whole day to mindfulness of breathing which is the first set of instructions in the Satipatthana, where the Buddha verbatim says, breathe in and know that you're breathing in. How often do you know that you're breathing when you're breathing? Do you know you're breathing right now? How do you know you're breathing? Well, the only way you can know you're breathing is to pay attention to it and to just touch the breath with the mind and go, oh yeah, there it is. It's right there. You also don't need to go looking for it. You don't have to try very hard to find the breath. It's waiting for you. So it's a very um, reliable, very supportive object of meditation. It's also the one thing that's keeping you alive right now. So maybe it would be time for us to give it a little bit of attention and to even uh, part of mindfulness of breathing is uh, cultivating a kind awareness with your breathing, a generous, that your breath, your breathing, your breath uh, has been with you your whole life and everything you've been through, every experience you've had, all of the joys, all of the sorrows, all of the wonderful benefits, all of the greatest disappointments, you are breathing in every one of those experiences. 
It's had your back for, since day one. And it's uh, time to give it some attention. And so we're going to focus attention on the breath, on breathing. And then the next instruction that the Buddha talks about is to put mindfulness in front of you. And so as we find attention, as we see we have this ability to pay attention, it's there for us, so we just kind of check that out, see if that's true. Then we gently, with a sort of generous, appreciative attitude, bring the attention into the breath and see that they're both, are, they're both happening all the time. There's always attention, there's always breathing. But there's not always mindfulness. Because there's always attention, there's always breathing, but I'm not always mindful of my breathing. And so that is the key um, factor that we're going to establish today. And one of the things I want to also point out is if you've been meditating before, or if you have a meditation practice... One of the things that I feel is quite tragic about mindfulness of breathing as a practice is most people think of it as sort of the preliminary basic, sort of not that important. Mindfulness of breathing, we want to get on to the good stuff, something more interesting, something more exciting. But all of the skills that we practice, whether it's everything from mindfulness of breathing all the way through the seven factors of awakening, all the way through the liberation process, mindfulness of breathing is at the core skill ability that we need to establish. And to make another play for the importance of mindfulness of breathing, there's a, um, there's a teaching in the, in the uh, Majjhima Nikaya, uh, one of the suttas, uh, that the, uh, there's a story where um, the Buddhist monks are walking around. So in ancient India, there was a lot of people doing all kinds of practices. And a group of monks who were studying with the Buddha came across another group of people who were doing different types of practices. And they said, um, they said does the Buddha meditate? Does your teacher meditate? Does he do meditation? And they said, uh, yeah, he meditates. And they said, well, if he's this liberated, awakened being, why does he have to meditate? Shouldn't he be done with all that? Uh, and so they go back to the Buddha and they, they tell the Buddha what happened. And they said, if people ask us this, what, what, what should we say? You know, you're this fully awakened being. When you meditate, what do you do? So I, I found this to be interesting. It's one of the few places in the canon where somebody asked the Buddha, when you meditate, what is, what's your practice? And the Buddha said, if anybody asks you that question in the future, you should let them know that when I practice... Um, when I do meditation practice, I generally dwell in mindfulness of breathing. And he says that mindfulness of breathing is a noble practice. It's a worthy practice. He even calls it a Brahma Vihara, a heart practice. And he says if you could say anything about mindfulness of breathing is that it's a, a perfect place to dwell. So even the fully enlightened Buddha when he would meditate, would practice mindfulness of breathing. And when I read that, I was like, huh, maybe I should uh, not take this practice so much for granted, which is essentially what happens, I think, with people, is that we see it as this basic, not-so-important thing. 
So there's a lot of different theories and a lot of different ways in which we can practice with the breath. So I'm going to give you, a, I also have a very liberal view on how mindfulness of breathing can be established. And so, um, and I'm mostly I'll offer in the instructions, but I want to say a few words about that. Because breathing is an autonomic system, meaning that you don't actually have to do anything to breathe, that happens automatically, that when we start to practice with the breath, we sometimes find ourselves controlling it, and you don't need to do that. You've made it this far without paying any attention to your breath, and you seem to have done quite fine. So what we're trying to do is really watch the breath, to observe it. And you, at times you might feel like it's natural. So ultimately we want to try to allow the breathing to develop its own natural rhythm and we sort of witness that. And that's, that's called being mindful, mindful of breathing. I'm aware that breathing is happening. Breathing is happening. And at moments you might feel like you're controlling it and at moments it might feel natural. And either way is fine. I really want to nail home the idea that you cannot breathe wrong. So if your mind gets into a little debate of, I'm not sure I'm doing this right, or I don't know, am I supposed to breathe in long or short? You can't do this practice wrong. It's actually impossible. So any of your part of your mind that's going to be judgmental or critical about how you're breathing, you can just assume that that's your mind just trying to get involved, and you can just politely say, I got it. I've totally got this breathing thing under control. Don't need any help from you. And so when we look into the uh, experience of breath, we want to establish, so today it's going to be important that we establish an anchor. And an anchor essentially is the place in your body, the place in your experience where your breath feels most easily noticed. So to just give you a little example, the first thing I'll ask you is just place your hand in front of your face and just notice the breath at the mouth or nostrils. This is one option. So you might notice that the breathing at the nostrils is predominant or available. The other thing you can do is place your uh, hand here on your uh, abdomen, or not your abdomen, I'm sorry, your chest. This actually is my anchor. I've been using this as an awareness anchor for about 22 years. It seems to be pretty reliable. I still breathe here. And so you might notice as you breathe in and out at the chest, does your attention feel naturally drawn towards that? So that's another option. And the third option is you can put your hand on your belly and you can feel the breath there. And so what you essentially want to do as, as we do the meditation, and you can take a little bit of time to play with it, is to notice for you where is it most easy to notice your breath. And then when you wander, when you lose mindfulness of breathing, you just gently, with a very kind, loving uh, attitude, you just guide your attention back to that location and you begin again. Now, most of us will probably do this about 15,782 times today. That's what I've noticed how many times my mind wanders in a day, about 15,782. 
you might not have as bad concentration as me, and you might be more in the in the in the thousands, maybe seven or eight thousand times. So again, don't get upset, don't get disappointed, don't be hard on yourself when you notice that your mind wanders and you have to redirect it. That's the practice. That just means you're practicing well. So every time you notice that your mind wanders and you bring it back to the breath, you just experience a small victory for yourself. And in that moment, you should be like, yes, fucking nailed it. Back to the breath. Not, oh man, I was thinking about some crazy shit for the last seven minutes. Not that. No, you come back to the breath with a, with a victory. There it is. I found it again. It was waiting for me. So we want to really try to have a kinder, friendlier relationship to this. This is what the practice is for today. It's coming back to the breath. It's coming back to the breath. It's coming back to the breath. You're going to have to do it a lot of times. And that's okay. That just means you're doing what you came here to do. And so in everything that we do today... The practice is going to be to be with your breath, to be with breathing. That's it. Letting go of everything else, focusing on that. And so what we'll do is uh, finding a way to sit. We'll do a guided, I'll do a guided meditation and give you some instruction for the day before we move into walking. So you can just take a few moments to adjust your body. And so I just want to, as I'm sitting here watching you, I want to just, before we get into the practice, I want to give you a couple of options for sitting. So if you could just kind of all see me here. Uh, there's a couple ways to sit, and I want to kind of give you a couple options. The way that I sit, that I find to be most helpful, is also you, well, I'm a pretty big guy, so uh, I can get into a lot of pain. You, you essentially want your butt, your ass, to be a little bit higher than your knees, so what I do is I take my left leg and I pull it in tight like this, and then I put the other leg in front of it like that. And what that does is allows me to get my knees down. Now, I'm, I'm a big guy, and I can sit like this for really three or four hours without too much trouble. So that's one way to sit if you're sitting on a cushion. You can also take the leg sometimes and put it on top of the calf like this and pull it in tighter. So I'll oftentimes switch between the two, and if this gets painful... I'll simply move my leg forward and just drop it in. So those are two good ways to sit. Another way to sit, I don't know if we have the, the condition, cushions are conducive to it. There are some benches. Alex has got, the, got a bench. I don't know if there's some more benches there. But you can also take uh, something like one of these cushions and you can sit Zen style, which is like this, which also can be quite good. And one more option, if you get painful, what I'll switch to is sort of the Burmese style, where if I'm sitting like this, I'll just take one of my legs and turn it out like this and sit like this. And this also can be quite good. And if you want to stand up and see me, you can. So there's actually quite a lot of different options. Um, and also there's these wonderful inventions called chairs that you're probably used to sitting in chairs. These are quite nice. And you can sit in one of these. And I already, my body's like, yeah. So there's some chairs leaning against the wall. So you might find practicing on a cushion is good for you. 
you might find that you get into pain and maybe you'll do a sitting in a chair one of the sessions and you'll go back to the cushion I really want to encourage you to play around a little bit um, I don't want you to force yourself into if the pain feels too much you can actually pull me aside and talk to me uh, there's no reason for you to put your body into unnecessary pain when we do have an option, a variety of ways to sit. So. Okay, so just with all that, taking just a few moments to adjust the posture so that it feels good enough. Putting your hands on your knees or in your lap, however you like. So we've already successfully accomplished the first two instructions. Finding a suitable place to sit. Taking the sitting posture, bringing mindfulness into the body. And the invitation is also to allow your eyes to close, so closing the eyes gently. And if for some reason closing the eyes is too much for you or feels uncomfortable or scary, that's okay. You can just let your eyes open. And if you have your eyes open, it's best to just drop your chin down so that you're just looking at the floor in front of you instead of letting the eyes wander about the room. The next instruction provided in the mindfulness practice is to focus attention. So just feeling into the energy behind your eyes, coming into contact with the mind. And just coming face to face with the reality of attention And as you come into contact with attention to see if you can be friendly with it. And if the attention is scattered or frustrated or tired or restless, that's okay. And this attention, your attention, is going to be your partner in this meditation. It's going to be with you all week. 
It's going to be your best ally. And so to see if you can hold your attention with an attitude of cooperation. I'm going to cooperate with my attention. And the next instruction is to bring mindfulness, establishing mindfulness in front of you. from the top of your forehead, down through the face, the chest, the belly, the feet, the hands, feeling into the empty space in front of the body. Establishing presence of mind in front, feeling into the empty space in front of you, sitting. And the Buddha's instructions are to breathe in and to know that you're breathing in. And just waiting for the in-breath to arise. Here it comes, making contact with the in-breath, and you're in, just like that. Making contact with the in-breath, and connecting and sustaining your attention to the full length of the in-breath. Breathing in, know that you're breathing in, following the breath into the body. Breathing in till there's no more breathing in. And then watching as it turns and you breathe out. The next instruction is to breathe out and know that you're breathing out. Connecting and sustaining your attention all the way through the out-breath so you experience the whole part of it. And then just watching as the out-breath fades away and it's just gone. There it goes. Then just patiently waiting for the next in-breath to arise.
And just continuing to stay with the process. Right now, are you breathing in or are you breathing out? Are you experiencing the in-breath right now or are you experiencing the out-breath right now? How do you know? Mindfulness is how you know. Just sitting, practicing, mindfulness of breathing. And if you like to have a little bit of a guide, if the mind is restless or wandering, you can just say, breathing in to yourself as you breathe in. Breathing out as you breathe out. And so by establishing mindfulness in front of us, allowing your breathing to be the predominant experience and letting everything else be in the background. So the sounds are in the background, your thinking is in the background. 
Everything else is happening in the background, in your primary experience. What is right in front of you is your breathing. It's right there. Feel that, know that. And again, if it's helpful, you can say that to yourself as you breathe in. Breathing in. I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I'm breathing out. And right now, that's all you need to know. Let everything else be in the background.
And if you have an imaginative experience, if you like an image, you can breathe in, imagining that you're sending the breath down inside the body, just like you're sending a bucket down inside of an old well. So as you breathe in, you're just sending this bucket down, down, deep into the well, sending the breath down, down, deep into the body. And then when you feel the breath get to the bottom, the deep pit of the stomach, noticing the bucket is all the way down in the bottom of the well. And as you breathe out, you're just pulling it back to the top. Breathing out through the mouth or the nostrils. It's like you're pouring the water out of the bucket. You're just pouring the breath out of the body. And then again, And simply allowing your breathing to hold the mind steady, not the other way around. The breath is steady. Let your breathing do the work. No need to look for the breath but to relax into it. So just pouring your awareness right into the breath.
Now that you've been spending some time, continuing to spend time with your breathing, see if you can notice where your anchor might be. Where is the breath most easily available to you? Is it the face, the mouth, the nostrils? Is it at your chest or your heart center? Or perhaps it's at your belly, at your abdomen. Where do you feel invited to by the breath? And allowing your attention to just rest in that location as a home base, a reliable refuge. Just feeling the breath rise and fall right there, right in front of you. And so that you're coming into the direct experience You're in contact with the pulse of life itself. Mindfulness of breathing is mindfulness of living. <clears throat> 